Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. You're listening to Eating Habits. I'm Anthony Marini from The Pass in Charleston, South Carolina. What's up, Anthony? How are you? Awesome. Thanks for Pleasure joining me. Finally meeting you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to meet you. I've, I've heard about you for a long time, and I told you before we started that I'm embarrassed to say I have not had one of your sandwiches yet. And I said it was your loss. <laughs> that's what I hear. So, that's the room. That's no, the rumor on the street. A little bit. So, I mean, there's so much to unpack here, but like a a, a tiny 700 square foot sandwich shop in Charleston. How does a how does a professional fine dining culinarian end up in such a place well it started a little bit back towards the pandemic the beginning of the pandemic okay um i was a chef uh, right outside philadelphia um in a restaurant where we were getting quite a bit of press and really doing well and i was about to buy the restaurant from its current owner and four days before um but four days i basically was signing the papers and four days before I went to sign the papers, COVID hit. Uh, and I backed out of the deal completely. Smart move. And yeah. <laughs> Not a great <laughs> time to be opening a restaurant. And um, took a break for you know a quick minute and um, started traveling south. Uh, went to Atlanta to help a few friends of mine out who, you know, the north was closed. So the yeah. south was open. Right. So I was able to help out some people in the south and in, in Atlanta. And I kept coming to Charleston up on breaks and I was like, I really like it here. It's like 15 minutes to the beach. It's a great restaurant community. Yeah. Um, small enough town to be small, large enough town to be large. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I originally was going to find a job. Mm-hmm. And I won't tell you the name of the restaurant. Um, but <laughs> it wasn't went, Church and Union. Wasn't no, it was not Church and Union. <laughs> um, but basically, um, I did a bunch of interviews with a restaurant and you know, after the third interview, I was told I was supposed to get like a tasting Uh and I'm fairly good judge of, you know, having a conversation. And if it went well, I spoke with the owner, general manager, director of operations. But then after those three conversations, I didn't hear anything and I'm emailing them. I'm calling them. What's going on? I don't understand. And on my final call, I got somebody on the phone who was clearly having a bad day at that restaurant group. And they said, they figured out when you graduated at CIA, which- They said you're an old timer. They said I was old. Oh, you're an old timer. I went, okay, (laughs) fuck them. I'll open up a restaurant instead. And that's what I started doing. I started looking for spaces. Perfect. Um, I originally looked at a space that is now Vern's. and at the time, because I was so new here, I didn't want to spend the money and take the chance, especially through COVID. Right. Uh, I walked away from that deal. And then I, on the heels of that, I found the little space that I'm in now. And there was something really interesting and very sexy about standing in the middle of that room and saying, I could see the front door and the back door of this room. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to make sandwiches and figure it out for a year. Yeah. Um, and that's what I did. I just, you know, opened up a little sandwich shop and all of the ideas that came, you know, on the menu, uh, for me, you know, were just 
ideas that, yeah. you know, I just threw down and let's see what works. Awesome. Did you, have you always like, has sandwiches always been something that you are passionate about or enjoy or was it kind of like, hey, this is, this seems like a low risk, something I can do well with a sh small staff kind of option or were, well, were you, were you passionate about that going into it? Well, I'm passionate about food in general. Yeah. Um, I am from the land of cheesesteaks, uh, which we do not make cheesesteaks at, uh, the past. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the, hold up. I know. Why? No hood? I have no hood. I have a, uh, half sheet pan convection oven, one induction burner. I do everything sous vide. And then obviously all of my cold cuts are, you know, um, brought in, um, from Atlanta, from an Italian purveyor that I use. How um, good is your cheesesteak if you were to, I mean. Well, I can make a good cheesesteak. <laughs> here's my one comment about cheesesteaks. Okay. <laughs> I knew there had to be there something. Are three, there are three places that I will go in the, inside the city of Philadelphia and have a cheesesteak. Only three. Gino's, D'Alessandro's, Tony Luke's. I will not have a cheesesteak in New Jersey. Oh. I will not have a cheesesteak in South Carolina either. And I've had plenty of people go, you've got to go over to this place and you've got to eat this cheesesteak. Yeah. And I'll be like, no, I don't. No, yeah. I won't eat a cheesesteak yeah. outside of the city of Philadelphia. Can I make one? Sure. Um, would you ever? Would you make a chili? Uh, no, sorry. A I wasn't. No, here. you're like, why would I do that? Not just, here. Yeah. Um, I just have. It's kind of like the holy grail and I don't want to, you know, screw with that. I, I totally get it, man. I'm a chef. I understand. But I love cheesesteaks. We got idiosyncrasies about things. Yeah, I just have a thing yeah. about it. It's weird. It's something away, something about the Philly air and how it mixes with the sliced meat that creates. And just the people <laughs> that you come across yeah. and, you know, the fact that you're there at three in the morning after going to the clubs and, you know, yeah. going to restaurants and late at night. And yeah. There's something about it. Right. It's, it's like incredible. some people drink champagne. Sure. You'll have a cheesesteak when you're. Well, when I go home, I'll have a cheesesteak. And I will have a cheesesteak when I go home. Awesome. All right. Sorry. Sorry to get sidetracked. I knew that this was going to be an interesting thing to touch you on. You know, the thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, was this, it's a little bit of both. I think that it was a low risk idea mm -hmm. uh, for me. I knew I could put together a good sandwich based on, you know, kind of what I know culinarily. Um, it, it was, it was low risk in the sense that this is the lowest risk I could take in these times yeah. in COVID yep. uh, in a new town. Yeah. I'm a northerner. Yeah. How's, how's, this, southern how's, town. This, how's this gonna go? You know, how's it yeah. gonna go? Yeah. And what's amazing about uh, the past specifically is we're very Italian. We, we like Italian stuff and, and we, we try to promote that as much as possible. There are so many people, just at the College of Charleston alone, there are so many people that are attending there that are from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, yep. Delaware, Pennsylvania. Yep. And they come in and see me and they go, we can't get this anywhere else. That's and I awesome. go, okay, you know, well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. You know, like, I guess this is why I'm here. Um, what well, is now? Had this been my, had, was this my plan? Absolutely not. Yep. If I would have taken the space that is now Vern's, it would have been a completely different restaurant. Right. Um, and certainly, you know, this had a lot of growing pains. It's certainly, I made a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't used to running a sandwich shop where I was three feet in front of the customer all day. Uh -huh. um, you know, there was no back, there was yeah. no place to hide. There yeah. wasn't a kitchen, there wasn't an office. Right. You know, so yeah. So what kind of mistakes? Well, like, let's talk about it. I mean, honestly, okay, I think, sure. I, think, I mean, because that's the stuff that, like, like I think is really juicy, right? Is like, 
we can, we can talk about your accolades all day long. You've worked in really great places, but like, I think the real interesting thing is like the hardships that we as, as restaurant people, as chefs, as, as, mm -hmm. you know, um, operators deal with, um, and then overcome, right? Cause uh, sure. Cause you're, you're in it right now. Like you, you guys are popping off. M mistake number one was you obviously, when you work in what we'll call a normal restaurant for the sake of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. A, a full You're, service you, restaurant. Full service yeah. restaurant. You are used to hiring a certain type of person. Mm -hmm. You know, a cook. You know, <laughs> you know what you know what you're getting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> in my mind, I started looking for chefs. Right. And the chefs I started looking for were, you know, I have a family now. Maybe I have a wife at home or significant other at home. Maybe I've got kids. I don't want to work until 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to work during the day. And I thought, those are the guys I'm going to go for. I hired six people. Um, six people <laughs> in nine weeks were gone. Uh, <laughs> because, first of all, they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't figure out how to deal with the daytime. Mm. They couldn't figure out how to deal with the idea that there was no hood that there was no stove, that yeah. there was no flat top or grill. Yeah. So they were lost. Uh, I had a guy cut himself three times in two days and then blamed me for cutting himself. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a guy who showed up uh, with a 16 inch pair of tweezers and proceeded to use them <laughs> in a fucking sandwich shop. And I was like, are you kidding me with that? He's like, no, we manhandle the pickles in this I, place. We yeah. don't, we don't I, tweeze. We I don't was tweeze like, you gotta be kidding me with this. I mean, I actually ended up stealing the tweezers. I have them at my home and I, I just because of lack of time, but I have vowed that I'm gonna turn them into a belt buckle. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But you know, you were hiring people that you thought you always worked with and, right. and this was just not that environment. Yeah. So we ended up kind of scaling back. We started hiring younger people, mm -hmm. college students, um, you know, people who were interested, but you know, didn't quite have the chops, you know, to be in a, you know, traditional restaurant kitchen. Right. Um, and it, and it worked out, you know, eventually it worked out. I have more staff now than I had at the very beginning before it was myself and my business partner. Mm -hmm. Again, I didn't understand the prep of a sandwich restaurant. Mm -hmm. That was another mistake. I would prep all night and then we'd open up nine o'clock and I'd make sandwiches and then I'd go, all right, it's one o'clock, we're closed. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Right. And that lasted for a couple of weeks before I figured out <laughs> this is not a good business model. I said, we have to figure something else out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was a major mistake. Um, yeah. The other mistake, uh, you know, uh, which turned out to be uh, super positive. We had a PR company, um, you know, they shit the bed on our entire campaign and we eventually parted ways. But before we parted ways, we took over the social media. Mm -hmm. And our approach with social media was to interact with every single guest. Mm -hmm. um, they posted a sandwich online, we thanked them, we you know, posted it on our Instagram, um, and, and we did that for every single person. Somebody posted something, we liked it. If they wanted to know something, we gave them the information. We are so, um, engrossed in people's lives now here in mm -hmm. Charleston with, you know, regulars that we have. It's something that is paramount to our business. Yeah. I don't want to romanticize this. I put good, good shit on bread and that's yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. However, what I do think that we do that's different 
is we awful, offer a level of hospitality mm-hmm. that I don't think many sandwich shops do. I'm not speaking bad about any sandwich shops that are here in Charleston <laughs> okay. or anywhere, but that's paramount to our business yeah. model. At the time when we got rid of that PR company, we had 350 followers. We're now up to 20,000 in less than two years. Nice. Um, we know about births of children. We know about marriages. We know about when somebody travels somewhere. We've had people go to Italy, get stuff in a store in Italy, pack it in their suitcase, bring it back to Charleston, give it to me yeah. and have me make a special with it. That's, that's pretty cool. That, that's cool. I mean, yeah. that's, that's to be that, um, to, to be that involved in somebody's life is yeah. what's important to me. Right. So, I mean, if you think about it, like you've made it right. Like the goal, at least my goal, I think a lot of chefs goals sure. has always been to connect with people right sure. through food, to nurture people through food. And if you've created that relationship with your guests and create a model where people are connected to it right. and feel some sort of connection to it, where they bring you, you know, illegal, hot peppers from <laughs> sure. from Italy or whatever like that that's awesome yeah. like that's that's really great that it is so um so you didn't set out to do sandwiches but you ended up doing it is this is this is there a future in this for you is this what you're or, I don't know I, you I, you know what? I don't bit, know and and you know we also I and we spoke about this earlier but um I opened up uh almost two years ago in August and uh, probably about two weeks into the restaurant being open. Um, you know, obviously we closed at four o'clock. Yep. And one night I happened to be driving past the restaurant. It was dark. And I got immediately depressed. And I said- so Seeing the lights off? I said, yeah. Like, I said, like, this doesn't the, look right. Like, why are the lights off in that, that place? That place should be open at night. And I got the idea that I was going <laughs> to do a chef's table, a one reservation per night table. We were going to do eight courses. Um, we were going to do it for up to 12 people. Um, the inner chef was just like, yeah, like, I, like, get like out. yeah I'm like, doing sandwiches, <laughs> but this is not what I really do. So I want to get back to over here. <laughs> so I started to kind of theorize how I was going to do this. Um, and we were set to open up in October for the chef's t- tastings. And late in September, um, I just got a wild hair up my ass. I said, I've been doing this for so long. It's like, it doesn't feel right not to be on open table. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to, I'm going to put this, I'm going to advertise this on open table. And I was naive in the, in the sense that I, 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 you know, I'm not from here. No one knows me. No one knows who I am. I've been open for two months. They don't even know the restaurants there to be perfectly honest. I said, I'll do this once a week. This will be fun. This will be interesting. Yeah. And <laughs> tell yourself whatever within, you want. Within yourself. two weeks of putting it on open table, we were sold out for every date in 2021. Yeah. Um, I think in 75, if I remember correctly, in 75 days, we did the chef's table 56 times, eight courses for up to 12 people. Um, and we had, uh, you know, some great guests. They were really into it. They loved it. Um, our last chef's table was like late in December of that year. And I went on vacation, a brief vacation. While I was on that vacation, I started looking at Instagram and, and uh, the Omicron variant had reared its head from COVID and everybody was closing their restaurants for some period of time. Some people even closed them, you know, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, didn't have festivities then. 
you know, we're closing for 10 days, we're closing for a weekend, we're closing to give our staff off. And I said, I have a 700 square foot restaurant. I said, I can't have seating yeah. in this intimate setting. So we decided to take all the seating out. We had, uh, we were not doing uh, delivery at that time. We opened it up to delivery and the sandwich restaurant blew up. Um, we stopped doing the chef's tables then. And it was always like every couple of months I would go, well, I'll just wait till Charleston Wine and Food is over and then I'll start them up again. Or yeah. something else would happen. And I'd be like, well, I'll just wait till that happens. <laughs> I have five to 10 calls a week yep. where they come to me, you know, people come to me and go, you doing the dinners yet? You gonna get the dinners going again? And what I've kind of backtracked to is I'm looking for spaces inside Charleston to do actually a, you know, full service restaurant. Um, and nice. my goal is to, you know, kind of, kind of maybe not necessarily recreate those dinners, but give people a dining option at night, mm -hmm. um, you know, to, to do something. So different. you're working on that. Yeah. I'm working on that. Okay. Yeah. Cats out of the bag. Cats out have of you the got, bag. Have you got any spaces in mind? I've looked at, I, I've been looking for spaces for eight months. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a challenging market. It is, you a know, challenging this market. is a challenging market in Charleston. What, what are you finding challenging about it? I'm curious. Um, I mean, there are spaces available. Yeah, there I are. Mean, there's the historical element to, especially downtown. Sure. Where you have a lot of physical limitations. You have historical sure. limitations. Um, I think you have two different types. In my mind, at least what I've been seeing, you have two different types of properties. You have, you know, the properties where a builder builds something. He says to you, uh, I'll give you this vanilla box. You're like, well, you know, I want to put a hood in there. You know, uh, well, you put the hood in. You go put the grease trap in. I said, I'm renting this. Yeah. You know, and even if I rent this for 10 years, yeah. why am I putting this stuff in for you? That's mm -hmm. one type of building. Um, and then you have some second generation spaces that, you know, might've been popular 10 years ago or five years ago. And, um, you know, there's a sentimental value to the owner mm -hmm. or to, you know, the restaurant and they, they overvalue that and yeah. they go, well, you know, we did something great 10 years ago. That's worth, you know, <laughs> yeah. three quarters of a million dollars. It'd be like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, you haven't to, made any money yet, yeah, you know, you maybe. in the last three years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the challenge is just trying to find that right mm -hmm. mix, uh, you know, but I'm, I've got my eye on two or three properties right now that I'm, you know, cool. interested in. Are you, are you interested in doing it downtown? Is this? It, yeah, the, no, that, I, I this? would like to be in Charleston. Um, I think in terms of the pass, the sandwich shop, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have asked me, well, you know, why don't you come out to Daniel Island? Why don't you come out to John's Island? Why don't you come to Mount Pleasant? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, Eventually I would do that, but mm -hmm. I think the goal for me would to get a nighttime spot, be able to secure that and then scale the, uh, the pass as the sandwich shop in different places. Look, I don't have a recipe book. Yeah. I, I've never, I never wrote one. I never looked at the pass as something that I would scale. Right. It was just this like, just like I'm going to make a living. Like I was going to take the two years, you know, <laughs> the left that was on the lease and say, let me give it a shot. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that was what it was. Yeah. So. So you signed a new lease? I have signed a new lease and uh, really happy about that. And I love the corner. I love that neighborhood. Yeah, it's a cool neighborhood. I mean, a lot of walking Tell, tell everybody where you're at. Exactly. Um, if they don't, I'm at you're the, the corner, the corner uh, 207. Um, St. Philip Street, we're on the corner of Spring and St. Philip. We're yep. about a block off King. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
it's a it's an incredible community, the Canterbury, Elliott Borough neighborhood. Um, a lot of Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. So not only do we get a lot of local traffic, but we got a, we have a lot of people who come in from out of town yep. and, you know, a lot of those people from the north. So they, yeah. they appreciate and, what and, we're And doing. they walk in that neighborhood too. It's like, they it's do. so close to King Street. It's so close to every, like, sure. people can wander around and, and so they're out and about. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, going to your kind of, your new, your, your nighttime restaurant right. idea. Is this, um, is it because you want to get your hands back at the stove and, and, and kind of flex your culinary chops that way? Or is it more about um, having some, some options? Well, what do you mean by options? Like the sandwich shop, you've got limited space. Sure. It's tiny. Sure. You've got no hood. Mm-hmm. It's super limited as to what you're able to to You're do right. um and with you know a brick and mortar restaurant with a full kitchen it opens up options to be absolutely able to, to to flex your culinary muscle a little bit i think i think it's a little bit of both i think you know the idea for me is to get the second restaurant so that i could open up something different but also use it as a almost a commissary for the daytime restaurant mm. for the past yeah um you know because we can't um, do it well, we can't, you know, I can't do fried veal cutlets or chicken cutlets. Yep. Um, you know, I can't grill anything. I can't, you know, there's just limitations. Um, so that's always been the plan, you know, to have the second restaurant, to be able to, you know, do something a little different at night, Mm -hmm. but use it as a commissary for during the day. How do you do it? How do, how do you do the pass in that space? It's tough. It's really tough. Well, it's, it's, it's like it, our line is super small. Yeah. Um, we've packed a lot and I've used every inch of that space that I can in terms of storage, in terms of what we're able to put out. Uh, we also sell beer and wine. So I, I added a Cruvene, yeah. uh, which everybody seems to love. You know, we sell, you know, retail bottles of uh, beer and wine. Um, how do I do it? I, you know what? I committed to it. So it's my thing. Um, that's where I think I had the problem with, with, you know, staffing initially was they didn't know how to react in this place. Right. I had to say, well, this is, this is, this is it. I've got to do something yeah, with is, it. I've this, signed a lease. It's mine. I'm going to make money. Go. I've got to do this now. Yeah. Um, you know, three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I had, uh, um, I used to be a, a very big boy, you know, mm-hmm. um, big stomach and, uh, <laughs> I had sleeve surgery three years ago. I can't eat one of my sandwiches. I, I could never eat one of my sandwiches at <laughs> the past. Um, I, it would kill me. Because they're huge? They're huge. They're yeah. big. And I couldn't eat a whole sandwich at the pass. Um, but I also wouldn't have been able to work on that line either had, <laughs> yeah. I, had I been that big. Yeah. Um, you know, we have figured out the way to do things in that space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you had to adapt, you just had to adapt. I mean, my second best-selling sandwich was done on a George Foreman grill. <laughs> okay. Thank you, George. I bought, <laughs> yeah. I bought six George Foreman grills since I've started. <laughs> you're just burning through. Just yeah. Burning through. You're, you're keeping him. Yeah. You're keeping him in that big house. That's right. Burning through those. And, and I hide it. And I, I, <laughs> I put, I put a piece of blue tape over top of George Foreman and I yeah. write Carmelo on it. Yeah. And you're like, who's Carmelo? I go, it's not George Foreman. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, you know, that's it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, my second, uh, the funny, um, Carmela. yeah, the, the second 
best sandwich in our uh, best selling sandwich, I should say, in uh, the pass at the pass uh, was called the Cashew of Pepe. Basically, an elevated, you know, grilled cheese sandwich. Uh huh. I'm I'm in. Um, You've got my attention. <laughs> I got tired of not having enough table space because of the grill. Right. So I had gone through four different menu changes with the George Foreman grill. <laughs> I said, we're going to do without the George Foreman grill for this particular one. <laughs> so I went and I, um, I went on Instagram. You can find this on Instagram. <laughs> I went on Instagram and I wrote a post and the post never said he, she, there was nothing, you know. Yeah. I said, we've lost one of our own. And, um, you know, we're, we're just deeply shocked and saddened. And, you know, they were there <laughs> from us at the very beginning. We're saying goodbye. <laughs> I got 500, over 500 um, condolence messages. Wow. Over and they the foreman. And they thought they were talking about somebody. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Not, yeah. not Jordan, no, the no. sandwich. Oh, that we were talking about the sandwich. Okay, that we were going to it had to go. It had, had to, to go yeah. because of the George Foreman yeah, girl. Can't, can't fit anymore. The <laughs> one of the people who works at Charleston Wine and Food calls me, and we're talking about something about the festival, which just happened a couple of weeks ago. And she goes, "Yeah, you know, we have the conversation about fifteen minutes." And she goes, "Can I tell you at the end of the conversation?" She says, "Can I tell you something?" I said, "Yeah." She goes, "You know, we saw your post. We made somebody run out." and get a condolence card. Oh, We filled out a condolence card. <sighs> and I went home that night and I was in bed. And I just wanted to see if I knew anything about this guy named Pepe, because we said Pepe. Yeah, okay, oh, you know? okay. And I just wanted to see if there was any stuff on Pepe. And I realized you were eulogizing a fucking sandwich. That's and I said, so... I want the card. She gave me the card. We framed it. I have a plaque that says Charleston Wine and Foods Condolence Card. No way. Yashio Pepe. Is, oh, it at, yeah. is it at the restaurant? It is at the restaurant. I love it. Um, That's so funny. And, and now, <laughs> you know. You got to be careful with that social yeah, media, man. Well, <laughs> there were people who obviously gave condolence messages, but then right. there were people who thought I was really insensitive. Like, yeah. how could you be doing this? Like, yeah, yeah. talking like that. So I went on Instagram again. I got a fake account with Cascio E. Pepe. Yeah. And he has now faked his death and lived in, living in Italy. Nice. He might come back yeah. for a meeting or yeah, two yeah. in Charleston at some point. <laughs> nice. I still have a few George Foreman grills left in the garage. Beautiful. And he might come back and visit every once in a while. So you know now you're going to get flooded with uh, Foreman grills for Christmas. <laughs> That's now. right. Yeah, it's like your, 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 your front stoop I'm is an enthusiastic be. endorser. Yeah. So That's yeah. hilarious. Did you ever imagine um, when you were a young cook coming up and you're like, I'm assuming that you're like dreaming of like being the best chef in the planet sure. and like cooking your ass off that you would be talking about having to change your menu because of a George Foreman grill? No, never. <laughs> um, you know, I was, when I, when I first got out of CIA, um, the, the thing I wanted the, the most was I wanted to, be an Italian chef, work in an Italian restaurant, have an Italian wife, yep. two Italian kids running around, a dog named Enzo. That's all I <laughs> That's ever it. wanted. That's it. Um, <laughs> as I started to travel, I first went to Phoenix and then Los Angeles and worked in places there. I got to see so many other different types of food and um, I ultimately ended up opening two restaurants in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, you know, I, I think that 
when you're young, you know, you want the world. What right now I'm having an, inc I, I get frustrated a lot um, and I show it, but <laughs> I'm having an incredible amount of fun. And this is very strange to me about, you know, obviously as chefs, we have people who come up to you in the dining room and say, oh, I love your food. I was, this was tasty. I enjoyed this. Mm -hmm. It is, it is mind blowing to me that, and people sit three feet away from me while I work. It is mind boggling to me that people walk up to me and go, this is the best sandwich I've ever put in my mouth. I go, you got to get out more. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what the hell's really? wrong with you? Like, you know, like, what seriously, you, like, what am yeah. I doing here? What kind of cold cuts you yeah, got over there, much. man? <laughs> you know, it's like, there's not like crack on it or anything yeah. like that. It's like, it's, it, it, I'm putting a good, uh, hopefully putting together a good sandwich, but it's really been amazing to me about the reception of all this. Yeah. So no, I, I never, never. thought anything like this. No. Yeah. And like, but it goes to show you, right? Like it could be, it could be a legitimate cacio de pepe. Sure. Or it could be a sandwich, but it's still touching the people, right? Sure. Like they're still having a, like a, a reaction to your food. Sure. And if it's, if it's good or the moment's good, maybe the ambiance or seeing you prepare it is what's doing it for them. Um, you know, they're getting that food memory regardless. Well, so. I think, I think the fact that we are so small and I have six bar seats in front of me, mm -hmm. they're literally, as far yeah. as that computer is to me, uh, that's how close the guests are. They see everything that's happening. And so, so I have to be very clean. I have to be. Yeah. So I'm a guest and I come and sit down and order some sandwiches. What do I see? Are you, you, you curse? See. Are you cursing out the foreman grill? No, 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 are no, no, you, no. Are you, <laughs> you know, do no. you, you got like finger cots on your hand? Like what's no, going on in there? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's a nice we, tidy. It's uh, yeah. It has to be clean. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's they so literally small. can see over yeah. uh, what you're doing. They could see my board. They could see everything that I'm producing. If I'm prepping something at a, at any particular moment, I have to make sure like I'm doing it right with, pans around and it's not just like I'm doing yeah, yeah. chop a whole bunch of vegetables and you know <laughs> sweep them off to the, the side the, the, you know the, yeah. the 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 trash um they see everything when they talk to me you know I mean I just want them to feel taken care of mm -hmm. I mean the first thing anybody hears when they walk in is hey how are you not only for my staff but for me, mm -hmm. the last thing they hear once they leave is thank you and appreciate it. Thank mm -hmm. you for coming. I appreciate you. Um, you know, and while they're there, yeah, they ask a lot of questions and sometimes that's good. And <laughs> when you're busy, sometimes that's not so good. Um, so how, how do you know if it's not so good? If I'm the guest and I'm, and I'm like, cause you hey, got, you got 20 I'm, tickets, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you got to put like some sort of marker on there. It's like when, when the tickets get to here, right? <laughs> no I'm, more. Yet. <laughs> I'm better with putting people off yeah. than my staff is. My right. staff feels obligated. Like they're talking to me. I have to yeah. respond. I have to talk. Right. And Hospitality like, no, says, I yeah, have no, to. no. Yeah. And I understand that part yeah. of it, but like, look, but when working. you're busy, you're yeah. busy. Yeah. You got to answer with one word answers and <laughs> yeah. you can come back to them later. Yeah. But you, you know, and that's how I handle it. I, yeah. I handle a lot of things with a lot of sarcasm that comes <laughs> off as a joke and I try to make it, you know, light and a joke. Um, I also have a kind of self-deprecating way of talking about myself. Like I said, I, I don't want anybody to have any illusions that I'm doing anything like earth shattering here. It's like I'm making sandwiches for you, you know, like yeah. that's it. Um, you know, cause they asked all the chef 
related questions, you know, right. Oh, what's your favorite this? And so mm-hmm. Tell me about this. And how do you make that? And, you know, and we answer them best we can. Yeah. Yeah. How big, how big is the menu? How many, how many items? I have, um, 13 items on the menu. Okay. Um, you know, we have, um, eight, nine sandwiches. I have a tuna crudo on that, that I've run before. Um, nice. we have a antipasto platter that, you know, bunch of different cured meats that I do. We do our own house-made jardinera. Um, you know, anything that I can do, um, anything that I can do uh, in-house, I do. Yeah. Uh, my mustard is made in-house. Uh, all of our sauces are made in-house. The jardinera is made in-house. Uh, anything that I try to source, I try to source as authentically as possible. You know, we get really good Italian meats. I mean, we're not using kind of garbage yeah um you know we get good cheese are you using just are you using the same like purveyors that that we use or do you have like specialty italian market no i use i use some of them i i use i specifically i use igf and gfi i you know uh i don't use cisco i don't use um u.s foods and not because i don't you know i've never used them before i certainly have but you know on the, the scale too that you guys are doing Mike. well the problem is is storage for me yeah so you can't even, bring in i've had cisco walking to me be like we'll give you no minimums and yeah. i go i don't really care i said because you're still going to give me a case of something yeah when i, I only need when a jar. i need this i need yeah. a jar pretty much i don't, I don't do that yeah you know or they have yeah they have like a 12 case minimum you're like well how do I, what do I do with 12 cases do of anything? Yeah, I have no <laughs> yeah, ability that makes to use it. So we use IGF and GFI. I do source a lot of myself privately, you know, source a lot of my stuff privately. You know, you got to go to Depot for the can of this or the, mm-hmm. you know, your the specific like thing that you like to Yeah, but use. But everything that we're using is kind of authentic to what you would find in my part of the world, Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we use cherry pepper relish that we source out and we get the cherry pepper relish that we get up north. Mm-hmm. Cherry pepper shooters that we, you know, you would really find not a lot of places here. Mm-hmm. You would find them up there. Um, so we do a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, and the only time that we really had um, that, that it kind of came full circle was the Philadelphia Eagles were in the Super Bowl this year. Hell yeah, they were. And yeah. And uh, <laughs> how'd that go for uh, you? Yeah, how'd it go for me? Right, exactly <laughs> not, right. Not about, mean, not about the Super Bowl. I'm saying uh, you obviously celebrated. We did. And, you know, well, okay, so there is a company in Philadelphia that will send you a box of soft pretzels, Philadelphia soft pretzels, okay. or they will sell you tasty cakes or frank soda these are things that are yeah indicative philadelphia right (laughs) so i bought 60 pretzels i said i put it on instagram i said uh i got these pretzels for you know super bowl within 10 minutes of that yeah i started receiving phone calls for the next three days that (laughs) can i get 50 can I get 30 of them? Can I get this? Can I get that? I, go, like, I weigh I go, I got $60. I said 60 pretzels here. I made my partner run up to Columbia that had a Philadelphia salt pretzel factory. Yeah. I said, I buy just, 500 pretzels. Yeah. She bought 500 pretzels. We sold five, over 500 pretzels in 38 minutes. Wow. To people with Eagles jerseys on, people from Philadelphia. That's awesome. And then you talk about cheesesteaks. And like I said, yeah. I'll never do a normal one. But we did something for the Super Bowl yeah. where we did a red wine braised short rib with house-made cheese Whiz, with mm-hmm. onions. Mm-hmm. And we did that on an Amoroso roll. 
and uh, we sold 150 of those in two hours. So, you know, yeah. Not a cheesesteak. Not a cheesesteak. Not a cheese steak. Yeah. (laughs) Similar. Steak and cheese. Yeah. Steak and cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, That's awesome. Wow. That's that's great. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Well, now 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 that you survived. You know what? Now the new business is I should just open up a Philadelphia soft pretzel factory. (laughs) Right. Maybe I make money that way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's still time. There's still time. Yeah. My retirement plan, maybe. Right. Um, What's your favorite sandwich? On the menu, just, or in just, just in just general in life, because I, I I understand that maybe there's a sandwich you can't replicate in your you know what? in your I difficult. Think, I think spot, that um, I'm curious what your favorite. There are two places that come to mind. I did a consulting job many years ago in Columbus, Ohio, and there was a um, a deli there called Cat Singer's Deli. Okay, and just a you know Jewish deli that was incredible, mm-hmm. and they had all these very specific sandwiches that were made for this place. And it was, um, it was turkey, prosciutto, Dusseldorf mustard, and scallion cream cheese on like this pumpernickel bread. Mm-hmm. That weird. It 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 checked every box. Yeah. For what you wanted. Uh huh. It was awesome. And it's um, a, and it's not a normal combination. No, not at all. Like not that's kind all. of super interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's one of your faves. That's one of my faves. Um, did they did they toast the the bread or anything, or is it I just believe straight? So, yeah, no, no, no. It was toasted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was just a delicious sandwich. Um, you know, another place that I think of often, especially when I go home, is a place in the Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia. It's called Herschel's. Okay. Um, you know, yep. great pastrami, great corned beef, um, but you know, house cured salmon. Um, you know, on a bayali. I'm real simple. I just, you know, <laughs> just give me, you know, spice, fat, you know, yep. things that I really like, a little acid, and I'm yeah. good. How important is the mustard to you? Oh, I mean, just you as make, important as it. We make our own. We make our own grain mustard, you know, mustard seed, vinegar, a little bit of sugar. You like to uh, leave the, the grains whole, or do you I pulse half of it, mm-hmm. and then I add in, you know, uh, I boil my uh, mustard seed three times mm-hmm. in vinegar. Yeah. Boil them. Cool it dump down, it. boil it. Do you dump yeah. it or do you just same same liquid, bring it up? Um, twice in water, once yep. in vinegar. Yep. And then I boil it through and then puree one side, you know, one half of it and then the other half I leave whole. Mm. And people really like it. Um, you know, we cure our own salmon at the restaurant. Um, that's really important to me and, and easy, you know, it's, it, it's like I said, it's yeah. what we can do. Why, why is that so important to you though? Like with that, that's amount of space, right? Like, wouldn't it just be easier to, to buy get a side of salmon to, yeah. to buy a good product? Like why? Yeah. Cause, cause I'm, I'm into it and I'm all about it, but I'm curious why you're, you, that's your line. And right? my question is why not? Mm-hmm. Like why, you know, I have the skill to do this. Why can't I do it? You know, and, and it's a pain sometimes, uh, you know, um, I probably should, uh, you know, if, if the, the people at Coke hear this, they're going to kill me. We so can, my walk, we can, we can edit it out. My, no, that's okay. <laughs> I don't care. My, my walk-in is yeah. two large Coke coolers. Uh-huh. That is it. Yeah. That is all I have for refrigeration. I mean, I have yeah. some under-counter refrigeration on my line. Yeah. But I have two large Coke coolers. Gotcha. They gave me one to put out a smaller one that to put out in the dining room, yeah. you know? And when they were there, I was like, you know what? I'm yeah. going to sell a lot of drinks at this place <laughs> and I want them cold. I believe in cold, cold drinks. Yeah. I said, you need to send me two more boxes. They did. They sent me two more boxes <laughs> and they're behind doors. And I was like, 
Coke's never allowed to come in here <laughs> yeah. and see what I have hiding in there because that's what we have for refrigeration. Right. Um, and, but getting back to your original question, it's like, why not? If I have the skill to, to be able to do it, yeah. I want to do it. Sometimes it becomes a space issue, you know, especially with a Lexan or something like that. Sure. Um, but I would feel better doing that than just opening up a pack. Controlling the, yeah, controlling the, yeah. the, the process. Sure. I mean, yeah. Do you do anything special with it? Do you have any special cure or is it it's, just a real it's simple? It's simple vodka, salt, sugar, you yeah. know, uh, I make my own pickling spice. Yeah. Um, and we just uh, add that and, you know, three days yeah. in. Rinse off, Could dry off, and slice, and yeah. people love it. Yeah, the thing about it, the thing that I like about house cured salmon over the stuff you buy is that you can prevent that like really firm, like kind of like over cured mm -hmm. and packaged texture. Mm -hmm. You know, when they cryovac it, it kind of like condenses everything and it gets dense. Well, you know oddly enough, I like I like cured salmon over smoked salmon because mm -hmm. I I think. Most smoked salmon is like overly smoked yeah, or yeah. chemically smoked somehow. It's fish bacon. Yeah, and it's like, it just doesn't, I like tasting fish. Yeah. I like tasting the, the actual fish. Mm -hmm. I don't feel I'm doing that when I'm tasting like a, you know, the side of packed, yeah. you know, flat of uh, smoked salmon. Right, right. The board, yeah. the board of salmon, mm -hmm. it comes yeah, on, sure. on the board. The pass. Expansion. Expansion. You touched on it. Is that something that, that, you, you, you're interested in doing, or is it more of a thing where um, if, the, if the opportunity presents itself and you can put a couple passes out there, it makes sense? Or is this something kind of part of your, your business plan right now? Well, I think what I said before is what I, the, the way I would prefer to do it is, like, like I said, I had no plan when I opened up the pass. So in, in the respect of putting recipes together and you know how you know <laughs> you know put this much meat on put this tomato you know these two slices of tomato this green um i didn't do any of that it was right. like i got an idea for a sandwich this yeah. is the idea this is the way you make it everybody make it like this yep um i do 90 percent of the flavor stuff in there you know so cutting. you're doing most of the prep work oh, and yeah. most of the oh absolutely batch batch prep and all that sure um I think getting a second restaurant where I could do something at night, but use it as commissary, I could then take mm. and expand my offerings at the pass. Without having to be there. Without you, you having to You could have there. that control, that, yeah. that uh, you know, flavor control kind mm -hmm. of situation going on. And then once that happens, then I would be more comfortable with scaling the pass. Right. Saying like, okay, we already know like the Italian boy sandwich is going to, you know, is our mainstay. That would be on there. The LT Americano. We know that would be on there. The turkey, our turkey sandwich. Mm -hmm. um, then it would be a, a situation where I'm going to put 12 sandwiches down. This is what we totally can do with something with a hood, something with, you know, mm -hmm. cooked material. Um, and then be able to scale it with recipes and, and being able to do it correctly. Yeah. You know, that, you know, that would be my plan going forward. Right. I think. What, if, if you, when, when you do your new restaurant mm -hmm. concept, you, you know, is it Italian? Are you going to do an Italian restaurant? Is this, I, I, I'm sensing a theme here. 
Or well, are there other cuisines that you're interested in playing? No, with? no, no, no. I mean, like I said, you know, when I was young, all I wanted was Italian. Yeah. And then I, you know, I went to Phoenix and I worked with Christopher Gross in Phoenix and I learned about obviously all these different peppers and cactus and things I yeah. never touched or cooked with. And it was a French restaurant. Then mm. I went out and I opened up the, uh, I was one of the uh, opening chefs at the Standard Hotel in, in West Hollywood. Nice. So I saw California cuisine and, mm -hmm. and all that there was and went to this deep south with, with uh, Alabama and, you know, learn that. And my restaurants in Alabama were, were not Southern. They were right. food that I would have done up in my hometown. Mm -hmm. um, but now I've kind of gravitated back towards Italian mm -hmm. because this is, it's been so well received here. Yeah. I, I well, look at it Well, there's a deficit as, of, of, I think, really good Italian um, that, I, that I know of. Well, I think, Here's what I will say. First of all, of the Italian restaurants that are in Charleston, and I look at La Farfalle, I look at mm -hmm. Indaco, Melfi's, I think they're all great restaurants. Mm -hmm. I love going in them. I like eating them. I think in terms of, and I, and I don't want to pigeonhole myself and say it would be a red sauce joint because it wouldn't be a red sauce joint. Right. But I think that the ingredients that those restaurant, restaurants use kind of, border towards the more modern mm -hmm. than the more traditional right not to say they're not doing good stuff they right. are um i think what people are craving here is a little bit more of the traditional side yeah um like a sauce joint type yeah you like, know a good salt and boca a good yeah. milanese a mm -hmm. good cashew a cashew a pepe um you know good you know a good lasagna um you know the normal kind of tossed salad that, you know, comes on a lot of a different Italian tables. So let's talk about lasagna. Okay. We were, me and, me and my uh, culinary director were talking about lasagna earlier today. Okay. And um, we're, we're gonna be prepping some lasagnas tomorrow sure. for, um, for uh, Ophelia's little pizza joint that we're doing in Nashville. Okay. It's opening, um, hopefully, hopefully. Next I'm time. headed out to Nashville uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, come see uh, us. Yeah. Come okay. see, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see you out there. Um, what, what do you got going on in Nashville? I'm just uh, visiting, visiting Nashville. Yeah, visiting some people in Nashville. Oh, cool. So. Well, if you have any time, I'd love to come to the restaurant. Okay. And I'd show you where Ophelia's is going to be all that. Sure. Um, anyway, so we're, so we're talking about we have to have, you know, we have to have a couple dishes on the menu that aren't pizza. Sure. Right, because it's, it's a pizza joint. Straight up. We have no hood. Right. Oh. No, no, no hood. We've got Not a, even for the oven. The the pizza oven the has pizza a built-in has, has a built-in okay. thing that so it's like four pizzas. So we're very limited. So that's what I was interested in talking. Yeah. Like we're limited as to how we can approach sure. the menu. And um, so we're we were talking today about how we would build our our sample um, uh, lasagnas. What's your uh, what's your go-to? I'm curious. I like, like if you if you were to build a lasagna today for you know for family gathering tomorrow how would you put it together um beef veal and pork meatballs mm -hmm. um kind of uh seared and then you know braised in sauce for you know four to six hours mm -hmm. uh roast pork in that sauce as well i Ooh. cook pork shoulder uh, um i do not sear that pork shoulder i just cook it raw you just throw it in there you throw it in chunks there. um and it actually comes out a lot more shredded which is what you want mm -hmm. for you know rather than is it like sear searing kind of like sear it, it you together. will get uh, more chunky pieces yeah but if you, you just want put it in you'll dissolve. get it very shredded yeah um and um sausage i would do you know 
good pork, you know, rope sausage. Are you are you a, are you a spicy sausage guy? Or are yeah. you a you like yeah, a I spicy? Like spi- yeah, I like anything with a you know a little a kick decent, to it. decent kick to it. Sure. <laughs> um, all three of those meats, and then they're you know completely chopped, and you know I use you know the sauce that I use from um, the the braising. Um, what, what's your sauce? Is it, it's a tomato. Is it a it's tomato? tomato based? No sugar. Yeah. It's red wine and red wine vinegar. Mm. It's uh, dried oregano. It's well, first of all, it's onions and garlic, fresh onions and yeah. garlic. Uh, San Marzano tomatoes whole that are just crushed by hand. Have to be San Marzanos. Or are you? I like them. You like them? I like them. Okay. I well, mean, I'm just you know, curious if you're like a hard. But oddly fast. enough, but oddly enough, uh, <laughs> and I don't think they sell it here. There's a. Um, there is a brand of tomato that's a puree, uh-huh. uh, Tutoroso, uh-huh. that they have up north yeah. that I really love. And if I'm going fast and I, you know, I've got to, you know, I don't want to spend the time, I'll use that puree. So it's, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really an incredible pureed tomato. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, garlic and onions, the tomato, add red wine, add some red wine vinegar. That cuts down the acid quite a bit. Yep. Um, dried oregano, dried basil, um, little fennel pollen. You like the dry. Is yeah. there a reason you go with dry and not fresh? That's what my grandmother did. Yeah. I mean, I you know, it's nostalgia. And, and, I, make, you can't, and you I make, yeah, I mean, I don't, use, I don't use fresh in sauce. I don't think you get, I don't think you really get, um, when you're finishing it and you want to throw some leaves of basil yeah. in it, when you're putting it onto the plate, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any difference to putting fresh uh, oregano or, um, you know, not sage, but like, you know, um, whole Fresh fennel in there. So I, I, I like to dry it. And, you know, that's what we're used to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of my vinaigrettes, we have a white balsamic vinaigrette that we use at the restaurant. And they see me making it all the time because I make it right in front of them. And, and they go, oh, you're using dried. Be like, yeah, this is, this is garlic. Uh, dried basil, dried oregano. I was like, this is in every grandmother's pantry up yeah, north. Man. This is yeah, just man. the way it is. Um, so the vinegars, the wine, the dried herbs, and then essentially it's bring to a boil and let it simmer for six hours. And you get a really rich, and especially if you add the meat in, um, you know, while you're doing that. And I add all the cooking fat in with the meat. And mm-hmm. it just Yeah, you can't really, lose that stuff. That's no, like, you've worked hard to develop that. Absolutely. <laughs> throw that down that the fat drain. is flavor. <laughs> yeah, I sound like a, you know, bad culinary school instructor. Um, but no, I mean, that's just, that's a sauce. Do, do, you, do you have a building technique that you're like, or, or are you just kind of like, you get no. in there and you just kind of feel it out or do you have a system? I don't think it's a, a building technique in the sense of, cause you know, you know how you have to build it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's pasta, you know, uh, fresh pasta sheets, you know, um, you know, your meat, um, maybe shredded, maybe some whole, your ricotta cheese, mm-hmm. another sheet, tomato, do bechamel you know there's you know we're thinking about leaving the ricotta out because we feel like it dries it out what are your thoughts on that well i think that I feel like you could still it. use it but maybe not use as much you should try we, them we, both side by side yeah we got some experiments we're gonna you do know tomorrow. we're gonna try are you using fresh pasta or dried pasta uh we're gonna do both okay we're gonna do both just to see like because I, he tested one that had like a like a um, like a no bake mm-hmm. pot, which is they'll never do that. Right. That was a that was a mistake. <laughs> but you got to you got to try something. So, sure. so we tried it. Um, he was like, oh yeah, this is not. 
not good. So we're gonna try fresh pasta sheets and and the store bought like dry ones and boil them because that's what I had when I was a kid. With with dried pasta sheets, you don't have to weigh it down. Mm. With fresh pasta sheets, you, gotta you do weigh it down. Mm. So if I make it with fresh pasta sheets, give it a little. I do parchment and then I put a couple of pans on it or something and let it and then I cool it overnight mm -hmm. in the refrigerator and then I cut it you know and it comes out really awesome what's your reheating uh uh preference from uh, the next day do you do you like it I kind of braise it in half sauce mm -hmm. so like you know you have a pan put a know, little put a little sauce in there let it warm slowly in mm -hmm. with that and yeah um, kind of steam a little bit with the, the sauce as it sometimes I mean if if you were doing it for a restaurant you know you'd like to sear it you know get and a little, get it a little crispy get a yeah. little crispy edges love the crispy edges yeah we may not have much of a choice we have we have well, one you, oven. Have a, you have a oven we, you know, uh, yeah we have a pizza a wood burning no no it's a it's yes. an electric oh we, it's an yeah, electric it's an electric pizza oven oh, it's called like you. yeah <laughs> that sounds horrid well how do you think all these restaurants in New York do it they don't have those little like uh, slice shops, they ain't got a, they don't got a wood burning coal what oven. What possessed you to do this? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, so, so, great question. Is it part of you're something the first else? Person, is, it the first, some, is it part of something else? Or the you first said, we're gonna open something with an electric oven. You're the first person to have ever asked me that. <laughs> uh, caught me off guard. Well, no, honestly, um, you know, going into it, um, we weren't going to do a full service restaurant in okay. this space we were going to do a kind of a a, a cocktail lounge like a, a night spot because right. we, we have a restaurant two doors down okay. um like a full service church and union um and so this was going to be kind of our compliments um we like having a kind of a nightlife spot with mm -hmm. um craft cocktail loungy vibe okay. um but the market in nashville is expensive and we didn't want to open just a space where we can only um we can only really count on revenue from like you know after eight o'clock to right. what, whenever right like that didn't make a whole lot of sense sure. and so um so we wanted to add a, a legitimate food element we were going to do some food in there um whether it was does it share any part of the kitchen with church and union it, like it do you have like a back alley no, that like we, we go have, back into a prep kitchen we, yeah we have we have a a, a sidewalk which we'll probably okay. be using <laughs> I, I imagine well we'll we'll see how it goes i could give you a name of somebody who <laughs> And have you ever been to Philadelphia? No. Okay, so. Oh yeah, I've been through Philly, but I've okay. never really spent any time there. So towns are, are comprised of a lot of things called row homes. Okay, we have yeah, row yeah, homes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kind of like similar to brownstones, but tighter. Yeah. Brownstones of New York, but like tighter. Yeah. There's a chef who uh, owns a restaurant in Philadelphia, and I know his wife. I went to grade school with his wife, and who's the pastry chef at the same restaurant. And so during COVID, this guy builds a wood-burning, brick oven inside a uh, um, kind of a kind of a backyard all cement backyard yeah that she's like a patio that, I mean like I think this space that we're sitting in is bigger than the backyard <laughs> okay yeah and it's a tight alley to get down you know real tight I couldn't drive down it you had yep to walk and he was making wood wood burning pizzas in out of, out of a patio in the out back of a patio house. during COVID. <laughs> nice. And I mean, they were great yeah, pizzas. I, I mean, bet, you know, yeah. he was really yeah, he was doing them guy. legit. He oh, was yeah. doing it in the space. Oh, yeah. Table out, yeah. you know, two tables, people shaping pies and just well, throwing them in this oven. Well, so that was, I mean, that was kind of the big, the big question, right? Is like, you know, if we want to do, you know, we started off just wanting to do small bites yeah. out of there, like snacks to go sure. with the cocktails. 
And then, you know, we realized like, okay, we're, we're, we're not really putting everything we can into this concept and we really got to give it a solid go. And um, so we started thinking about like, if we were to do a really small limited restaurant at the level that we expect to operate in, sure. which is, you know, we have a high bar for ourselves as I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. And um, so we really started thinking about the space limitations and I was like, man, if we do pizza, like, you can do pizza in a small, like I've seen it done millions of times. I'm from New York, we're, we're, all, we're all from New York. Right. Um, so we were like, hell yeah, pizza, but we'll do it, you know, our way. And, uh, and that's when we started going down the rabbit hole of like, how do we cook it with no hood? Like, what do you do? And apparently there's really great um, technology out there, man. Like these pizza I'm ovens sure are supposed yeah. to be pretty, pretty badass. I have not fired it up yet. I'm looking forward to getting out to Nashville and actually, like to be there when that happens <laughs> just to see too oh, oh, i don't want to jinx you i yeah. listen obviously you know you've put a lot of thought into it and, and you know hey you i'm gonna bring you i mean piece. everything is is everything's an experiment yeah. everything we do is a risk everything totally. we do is uh you know something we're passionate about so i mean at the end of the day you know, if you could make something work, I mean, hell, if I could put yeah, another yeah. oven oh, or, it's, or something that did pizza in my place, yeah. I'd do it in five seconds. Yeah. I oh, mean, it's going to work. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, like the, 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 the best thing for me about this whole concept was was learning the dough. Yeah. Like, I mean, literally, for, I mean, you can ask my fiance for the past eight months. Like we've had something bubbling either in our fridge, on our counter. Like I've just constantly got dough under my fingernails. Right. Um, just learning about it because. I know how to make dough, I know how to make bread, I know how to do all these things, but, sure. but now it's actually part of my life. So, um, and I've learned a lot about how it reacts and how you do. Yeah. And so it's gonna be an experiment. We don't know. Well, the pizzas are gonna go. be tasty though. And then that's all, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. At the end of it, like I said It's before, gonna be a tasty pizza. Just put something good, you know. Yeah. Just put something good out and you're yeah. fine. That's all you gotta you're totally do. Totally fine. Awesome. Um, Anything else you want to touch on or talk about? I don't think so. Cool, man. Well, I'm really excited for uh, all your success over there. I can't wait to come and try. Yeah, you do have to come and try. I, I am going to come. Definitely. I'm going to come. What, what, are your, what are your hours of operation? Uh, Wednesday through Sunday, uh, 10 to 4. Um, how, do you, like, how do you stay? How do you, how do you, how's that viable? I don't work Wednesday through Sunday. <laughs> I work Monday through Sunday. Gotcha. Um, Doing all the prep, getting all the stuff yeah, together. I like mean, pretty like much. Keeping, um, you know, it's, it's. People have asked me, would you open up a, an additional day? I probably would. I, you know, do you need that time to prep? Like, is there, I mean, I guess you could do it if you. Let's put it this way. At one point last year, we, we're probably doing 50% more business than we were doing this time last year. Yeah. Um, awesome. I was going to Restaurant Depot for incidentals once a week. Uh huh. I'm now going four to five times a week now. Is it because um, of space and stuff that you just can't? It's not just about space. It's about the fact that, um, you know, we need the product. We're selling yeah. through all of our product. Yeah. I went through um, 32 pounds of mortadella in two days. Um, I went through 28 pounds of turkey in two and a half days. I mean, is your slicer just getting a workout? Like, what? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bought it at a Bilo here that was going out of business for five hundred bucks. I yeah. had somebody look at it. And he said, "All right, replace the wheel. You're good." And we've been going with it ever since. I mean, nice. um, some of the equipment that we have from the restaurant it was when I bought it from the previous restaurant that was there. We didn't put much more into it. 
Um, we had tables made by a guy who um, uh, was was a um, kind of a general manager of a hotel working through COVID out of his mm -hmm. garage. Um, we've, we've tried to put a lot of love into that space. We've tried to put a lot into that space. It's amazing. I've got room. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm cleared for 12 people, yeah. 15 people total. When you count the staff, there's so many times where, you know, the place is just filled with people that they're just waiting for sandwiches. So, yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's fun and it's a good problem to have, but yeah. also, you know, you know, you obviously want to move up and you want to, you know, kind of figure out how to harness this in a way where more people can, right. you know, have it. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good point. We never, want to, we never want to make people unhappy. So, yeah. You know, and we haven't. So thankfully, good. knock on wood. Everything I hear, man, everybody's, everybody loves it. And, and I am the fool for not being there. So we'll come check it out for sure. And, um, cool. man, I'm so happy for you. And I'm glad I've got to meet you and hear your story. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, man. Definitely. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you.